Welcome to How I Work, a show about the tactics used by the world's most successful people to get so much out of their day. I'm your host, Dr. Amantha Imber. I'm an organizational psychologist, the founder of behavioral science consultancy Inventium, and I'm obsessed with finding ways to optimize my workday. This episode is another My Favourite Tip episode. The title is probably pretty self-explanatory. It's about my favourite tip from each of the interviews I conduct. So my guest today is Glenn Dolman. Glenn is one of Australia's most sought-after screenwriters. Glenn most recently wrapped on the second season of his supernatural series for Stan called Bloom, which maybe you've watched, which he created and executive produced. The first season was nominated for an actor for an AACTA award for best new drama series. And the second season recently kicked off on Stan. Glenn's written for a variety of different shows, including Britain's longest running crime drama, The Bill. And he also wrote the highly acclaimed telemovie Hawk for Network 10 about the controversial life of former Prime Minister Bob Hawke, which won the Orgy Award for Best Original Telemovie and three AFIs, their Australian Film Institute Awards, including for Best Telemovie or Miniseries in 2010. So in this extract from my interview with Glenn, we get into his strategies for injecting creativity into a room full of writers. So over to Glenn to see how he does that. Writers, uh, like myself, like experienced writers, tend to be very opinionated because that's why they're writers, I think. Um, So I didn't have trouble flaming the the arguments they they, they you're feeling over they they happen organically and and you want them to because people care and they they have a perspective or they understand a particular character more than the other writer does or they think they do and so so you just sort of want that but but you you then then run the room to to make sure you get it uh so if you're often i th- i think it's sort of the reverse the arguments sort of happen automatically and you try and just focus them a little bit um and also you're, you're aware of how much work you've got to do and i think for this season and in so many shows you know you've got a tight budget and limited time and those writers rooms are expensive because you're paying a lot of people to to brainstorm and focus and, and work and and so you have to be really resourceful with that time if an idea is not working straight away you have to park it and go into something else. So how do you do that? What are like what are some of the strategies that you're using to to manage a writer's room and keep it on track? And you know at the end of the day, you've got to have something to pitch back to the production company and network. It it, it gives you a very different sense of responsibility. So you're trying to be creative and open and fun and free and silly and and and, and I the kind of stories that I like and storytelling that I like is very emotional and it's very raw and so I want it to be really personal, I, was, I remember um, so Richard Curtis, who wrote Four Weddings and yeah. Notting Hill, and all that. He he talked about writing as, um, and he, obviously he writes comedy writing, but he writes relationship writing. Um, that stage at the end of a dinner party when everyone's had a few drinks and everyone's funny, that's the headspace you've got to get into at eight a.m. You know, when you're working mm-hmm. in a room or not. How do you do start. that? I mean, for me, it was like personal things that I do. If you're not there in a room, you know, sort of start oversharing in in a kind of weird way of just sort of making people, oh, okay, let's just be a bit vulnerable. Glenn's riffing on some personal thing that happened to him. Let's sort of open up because sometimes the pressure of the end result um, disables that real 
creative energy that you need and you start to just be a bit mechanical with how you plot or just safe how you plot and as much as you can kind of break that down um making the room feel kind of safe and friendly and um and at the same time it's it's tricky because tangents can be great and gold mines but most tangents are tangents and dead ends so it's you know just trying to learn about when you shut off an idea and you move on and without deeply offending someone too so how do you do that my mum's a primary school teacher and her two things are fun and fair and i think i just have that sense of trying to be fun but fair um and firm is her other one fun fair and firm and i think that's sort of like running a room a little bit you 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 need to be kind of firm to sort of move things along but 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 the goal does come from being open to inspired ideas and open to your own personal experience and that's what you need to manifest so like how do you find that balance of of going okay we might go down sort of off in this segue down this rabbit hole here how do you know? Is it just instinct telling you, yes, let's explore? Is it yeah. time constraints? Like what? what well, is that? Instinct and time constraints. So I think you're kind of going, okay, is this going to bear fruit? Am I going to spend an hour indulging this idea? And often uh, I find you park an idea, you move on to a new one. It's a little bit like how you, if you're struggling to remember something yourself, you know that thing of like, well, I'll forget it and I'll move on to the next thing and then it comes to you. And I think that's often the creative process with when you have several people. It's like if something's feeling jarring, or let's move on, go to something else. Or even let's take a coffee break and then and then you come back and you look at it kind of slightly differently. You know? And I think that, that technique's often good. And, and often the best ideas come mid-morning, late morning, and the very end of the day. Really? What do you think that's about? I think mid-morning is, you know, people have got energy when they start off. And so the first thing they talk about is not the best thing, but they've got energy and they're sort of picking up from what you said yesterday before and you're planning what you're going to do for the day. And so the first part of the morning isn't great, but then you sort of settle into something and then it clicks because you're all fresh in energy. Okay, there's something here we can really use. And, and then late morning is, you know, everyone's thinking about lunch, but and so you're hungry, but that's sort of a good burst of energy as well sometimes I find and then the afternoons are hard and long and painful and then you're kind of frustrated because oh that morning work actually really wasn't great and we thought it was but we're all fresh but now we're not and and so and so, so but you wade through and you, you go down different tangents and then I find like when you sort of like ease up and kind of go well it's actually you know six o'clock and we really haven't oh man that was a bit wasted and, and then as you sort of ease up and kind of relax again some like new ideas hit you and sometimes you get clarity and Anyway, that's sort of roughly what I find. I think that's really interesting. And th- that that would match with the what the majority of the world's chronotypes are doing in terms of just the natural peaks and troughs of energy. Like yeah. people, you know, like with, if, if you're a lark or a middle bird, it's kind of excluding owls who come to life at night, your best cognitive work is done before lunch and then you dip after lunch but then you have a rebound in the late afternoon. Yeah. It feels like the writer's room is – mirroring that it that does rhythm. yeah yeah do you have strategies to overcome writer's block when you are feeling stuck like what what do you personally do i guess slightly different if it's you alone as opposed to being in a room being in a room that has with multiple people in one sense has more pressure because of the time restraints and the production output that you have to get on but you have more energy because you just have different you know different personalities so shaking it up as much as you can i mean sometimes you decide okay i'm gonna break away 
Everyone goes off in twos and comes back with a few ideas. We can kickstart something, um, get moving around the room, have someone different work on the whiteboard. I love a whiteboard. I love a whiteboard pen, so I like kind of being that person. But but then I know sometimes it's better served that I sit down and let someone else run with it or putting someone unlikely up to, to run it to, someone who doesn't really want to, but but I think that'll create a better energy if they do because you get them to move around and put their thoughts visually on a board and that kind of helps bring us different sensibility to the discussion. Yeah, that's really interesting, like just swapping the roles around within the room and just also physically just changing what people are doing. Yes. That is it for today's show. If you are enjoying How I Work, why not leave a review for the show in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show? Um, I read every single review and thank you to the hundreds of people who have already left one. Um, it really does make my day getting um, all your lovely feedback on the work that I do. So thank you. And that's it for today and I'll see you next time.